Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Alright, so thank you for tuning in to Chomping at the Bit. My name is Kyle Edwards, of course. Now, this episode, you know, there's plenty going on in the sports world and several things that I will talk about later episodes that come shortly. But this episode, I want to take a look at the NBA. We are under 10 games. Most teams have played 73, 74 games about. So the playoffs are right around the corner. I believe there's about two weeks left in the regular season. So... Most teams that are in the top 10, because, you know, with a playing tournament, you just have to get to the top 10 with seven through 10 playing in the play in top six safely into the traditional playoff structure. But final eight, seven, whatever games teams are positioning themselves to either get into the top six or. Uh, for the most part, playing stuff is kind of figured out by now, but there's a couple of teams that still have a shot to get in, so we kind of know where everybody stands right now. But not all playoff teams or play-in teams are created equal because it's one thing to make it there, but it's another thing to become a title contender. So what I want to do on this episode is take a look East and the Western Conference, see who are the legit title contenders. Now, my list may differ from yours. I may leave a team off that you think should be on my list. And if that's the case, definitely let me know at the end of the episode. Of course, once you listen to everything, let me know, you know, on Twitter. If you follow me at Chomping Podcast, you can let me know there. Put it down in the comments or leave a review, whatever, wherever you are listening to this podcast. Definitely let me know who you think are your title contenders. But um, I guess we'll go ahead and take a look at the Eastern Conference first. And now, right now, current standings, you have the Heat as the one seed. And it's tight one through four. And five and six, there's a little bit of a gap there. But, you know, five through eight, five through seven separated by a game so still a lot to be determined but um first off the bucks they're the defending champion they had another great season they're only a half game out of first so they could very well end up being the number one seed so they are a legit title contender and yes they have Giannis, who is one of the more dominant players in the league we all know about his strength and his ability to get to the rim. Uh, if he ever develops a consistent perimeter jump shot, I mean, look out. He will be one of the most unstoppable forces that people would have seen. But it's not something he shies away from. And that's something I've always said on here that I 
love the fact that Giannis is for as you know bad of a shooter as he is he's not afraid to take him and another thing I like about him is because of that he loves I mean even with that he loves having the ball in his hands late in the game where it's high pressure situations and because of his somewhat limitations offensively he doesn't shy away from the ball so that's why I'm a big fan of Giannis but the biggest I guess X factor for the Bucks to make a run at a back-to-back you know championship would be I think Drew Holiday and Bobby Portis Drew Holiday because he's the point guard he's the one who's gonna um, create pace for them and he's also a He's kind of a big shot maker for them, at least in their run last year. He seemed to hit timely, you know, three-pointers on, you know, kickouts from Giannis or whoever driving to the hoop. And then Portis, as a guy who brings some toughness to them and is a sneaky, good three-point shooter. Now, he'll usually hit his from the corners, but he'll also get to the you play around the rim offensive rebounds putbacks that kind of stuff so i think those two will be the biggest proponents for the bucks that they're able to make another run at it my second contender would be i'll go with the heat because past few years the heat have been one of those you know steady presence in you know, the Eastern playoffs where they are kind of around the conference finals or whatever. They have a group that's got, you know, veteran presence. They have a couple of young guys who produce as well. Now, the most recognizable guy for them is Jimmy Butler. But for me, their X factor would be Tyler Hero because, yeah, he's one of the young guys with Duncan Robinson, but Robinson is more of a three-point shooter, whereas Hero is more of an all-around player. And on those nights where Butler kind of lays low until the fourth quarter, which is one of the one you know one of those infuriating things about him for me, and kind of why I don't put him on a superstar level, but um, but you know you have to give Butler credit for what he's done since he's been in Miami, but uh hero's going to have to be a guy who's going to show up consistently night after night because he can score from the outside. He can get to the rim and he has some playmaking ability. So he's a guy that they're going to have to make sure is a consistent performer for them. Cause if he has an off night, I feel like that trickles down on that offense And that's my one question with Miami is that at times their offense can kind of get bogged down because defensively, we know what they are. But my offense is the one question with them. Um, Next title contender, got to be the Celtics. Um, You know, the turnaround that they've had since, what's it, like the end of January, they were 21-3. and They have completely changed their offensive philosophy earlier in the year. It was a lot of ISO play between Tatum and Brown, but now those two guys play make more. Well, actually Tatum a little more than Brown, but I think that dynamic works where 
early in the season, it was like Brown and Tatum taking turns being the top guy. But now it's more of Tatum as the top guy. Brown as the second guy playing off of that. And um, they trust their others, as like Shaq would call it, more now. So when they get to the hoop, they don't feel like they have to force things. They can kick it out to guys like Peyton Pritchard or Grant Williams or Al Horford, who struggled mightily through the middle of the season, but it seems like has really picked it up lately. And their X factor for me is Robert Williams. And I would say Marcus Smart as well. Rob Williams, they made a switch defensively where he can kind of roam a little more, which gives him the ability to affect more shots at the rim, uses the ability to, you know, collapse on defense and still run out to the perimeter to contest the three in the corner or something. And I think that change has made the defense even more dangerous than before. Smart. He, if he continues this run of like legit point guard playmaking, Marcus Smart, I think the Celtics are the most dangerous team in the East because a lot of the stuff that used to plague them before was Marcus Smart would think he'd have to um, kind of make up for scoring that was lacking on a night and we would see him force three-point shots or forces way into the lane and throw contested runners or layers and stuff like that he doesn't do a lot of that anymore he lets the offense come to him if the ball gets swung around and it comes to him he has an open three he'll take it those are the threes i want him to take whether he makes it misses it you gotta take those to keep the defense honest but with that we have seen nights where marcus mark can catch a heater and then the celtics offense looks like otherworldly and he also is the lead dog on the defense that pressures opposing uh, ball handlers. And with the Sullies, they switch on everything because, you know, all their guys are pretty strong. They have long arms, quickness, all that. So those two guys are the key for the Celtics to make a run for me. And, um, and they're only a game out as well behind Miami so they can end up as a one seed as well um, next would be I'd probably go Brooklyn for four now with the way that Brooklyn season has gone it looks like they're locked into the playing tournament right now and that's a dangerous spot to be in because for them being the eighth seed right now, although they're only a half game up on Charlotte, who's in ninth, and a game and a half up on Atlanta, that's in tenth. Um, so let's just say they stay at eight and Toronto's at seven. Now, the whole, I guess, playing in Canada for the playing game, how that works with Kyrie, we'll have to see. But I'd find it hard with that group of Toronto Charlotte and Atlanta for Brooklyn to lose twice. So I'm expecting them to come out of the play-in tournament and be either the 7th or the 8th seed. Now with that, with the New York mandate, I guess, rolling back and Kyrie being available to play, supposedly. I don't think that's officially happened yet, but uh, the, the dynamic duo of 
Durant and Kyrie are both offensively gifted enough to, I guess, supersede whatever issues they may have in terms of surrounding players. Yes, they have Patty Mills who can shoot from the outside. And they have Seth Curry who also shoots from the outside. Other than that, I don't know if they can really depend on anybody else. But... I guess an X factor for them would be Ben Simmons because one, does Ben Simmons come back and play at some point this year? And if he does, I would hope it'd be before we get to the playoffs. Two, what does he look like when he comes back? Because if you remember, we haven't seen him since they lost game seven to the Hawks last playoffs. So that's quite a while. To not be on a court, yeah, he could be on the court in, you know, practice facility, but that's not the same as in game. So we'll have to see what that looks like. Three, his impact on Brooklyn would be strictly defensively and, I guess, ball handler, pace creating, where, you know, get a rebound, kick it to him, push the pace. And, you know, kick it out to Durant for a trail three or Kyrie on the wing to get him off the dribble to go to the hoop or whatever. So, I think, especially after the trade for Harden, Simmons needs to play this year. Because, um, I mean, the further we go here into this two-week stretch, if he doesn't show up, I would be surprised to see him magically reappear in a playoff series that would be crazy to me because now you're trying to integrate him on this team that's already been fractured all year with Kyrie playing half of the games basically I mean that's that'd be a lot to ask you know for Steve Nash and whatever and those players who have been there all year to now work Simmons in and let's just say it's a potential first-round series against Philadelphia. You're going to tell me that Ben Simmons hasn't played all year. It's just going to pop up against Philadelphia, the city that basically sent him into this tailspin that he's had and ultimately led to him leaving to go to Brooklyn. I don't see that happening. So Ben Simmons needs to come back, and then if that happens, Let's see what Brooklyn looks like. But even if you take Sims out of it, I think because you have the sure ability of Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving as well, you have to say Brooklyn is a title contender. For them, it will depend on who they play because I see Miami, Milwaukee, and Boston giving them the hardest time. Honestly, I'm not so afraid of them against Philadelphia for whatever reason, but I think, yeah, Miami, Milwaukee, and Boston would give them a lot of trouble. And that's minus Ben Simmons. So I'd have to give them the nod as a legit contender. And then I guess the fifth one, I guess you'd have to say Philly. Because if Philadelphia does end up as the one seed, you'd have to consider them a title contender. But they're the team in the top four that I 
have the least amount of faith in because I'm not a big fan of James Harden. And I've seen James Harden in playoff series past kind of disappear in big moments. And the way that this East is setting up, Philadelphia cannot afford for that because the way the team is built now, they are built solely on Embiid and Harden. Those two have to be on each night because no team is going to go up against Philadelphia and worry about uh, thigh bowl or whatever, killing them from the outside. Now, I will say, the X factor for Philadelphia is maybe the one guy you would worry about outside of those two. That's Tyrese Maxey. He has come into his own. He seems like he's kind of gone up a gear since the Simmons trade. And, you know, there's more put on him now with those pieces that left. I mean, Simmons wasn't playing, but, you know, Drummond, Curry, those guys left. That moved Maxi up the food chain, basically. And now he is the legit, probably number three scorer because Tobias Harris, he's just not it for me. I trust Maxi more than Harris. So... If Maxi, with um, the attention and bead Harden will create, if Maxi can be a guy who, you know, knocks down perimeter shots, um, if he has fast break opportunities, can get to the rim, that's going to be the biggest thing for Philadelphia because we know Embiid's going to get his. Uh, even though Embiid has had some struggles in the playoffs. That's kind of why I have them at five, because Embiid and Harden both have struggled. Now they're together. I'm not sold on the partnership yet. I know people were, you know, losing their minds after the first couple of games, but. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. This episode is made possible by PwC. It's getting hot out here. Are you prepared for a more sustainable future? Critical climate challenges require critical thinking. Move from theory to action with a human-led, tech-powered approach that can move the needle on the mercury, but also help you build trust and drive positive change for your business and for our planet. ESG is part of The New Equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. The past few, we've seen this, those two struggle against better quality teams, so... I mean, I mean, I don't know, kind of in wait and see with them. So I think those are the five legit Eastern Conference contenders. Um, I know the Bulls have had a good year. I just think they have too many injuries for me right now. Cleveland, I don't think is ready yet. They might be a year or two away, as you can kind of see as they're sorting, you know, starting to sink a little bit. And then I don't think Toronto has enough, so leaving them out 
Uh, but now let's take a look at the Western Conference. And I will say for the West, there's probably less less legit title contenders in the East. Uh, so for me, number one, it's got to be Phoenix. I mean, they were in the finals last year. And I will admit I'm one of those who thought once Chris Paul went down that Phoenix was going to be in some trouble. Has not happened at all. They basically kept the train on the track. Uh, I think Chris Paul's back now, so they're even stronger now. But um, Devin Booker, you know, Mikel Bridges, DeAndre Ayton, that those guys, Monty Williams, got give them got to give him a lot of credit for the culture that he's created in Phoenix. Um, Phoenix is a fun team to watch, and I fully expect them to be in the Western Conference Finals. And I guess their biggest X factor is probably going to be I kind of want to say Cameron Payne. Now that's shocking because I was not a big fan of Cameron Payne either. But I think with Chris Paul now getting back from injury and even with Chris Paul, Cameron Payne, you know, plays a good amount as the, your backup point guard. And um, he's a guy who, you know, can hit a big three for them. He kind of gives them a little bit of some energy off the bench. And I don't know. He's just as one of the guys who's not one of the bigger name guys on Phoenix. You know, he's a guy who can come in off the bench, get you, you know, a couple of baskets in a row, and he pressures opposing point guards as well, and I think that's a big, big deal for them. You know, he gives them, like I said, that energy off the bench. I think it's going to be key for them because the West is very top-heavy. So, you know, Phoenix's biggest... Opponents are probably, you know, Memphis, Golden State, uh, maybe a couple other teams, but I'm expecting Phoenix to have a, I don't know, for Phoenix, it's probably just going to be, um, I guess, keeping their momentum going, because we know for a lot of teams, it's tough after losing a finals to come back the very next year and keep up the same intensity. Phoenix has done that. And like I said, thoroughly surprised by it. So you have Devin Booker, you have Chris Paul. I'm giving you a shot at it. And they basically, I think they've locked up the number one seed. So all roads run through Phoenix right now. Uh, I guess second contender I'll actually go with Memphis. And I kind of had some questions about Memphis until, I guess, their most recent game against Brooklyn. Brooklyn came in, had Durant, had Kyrie, so you, you know that dynamic. Memphis did not have John Morant. And that was easily a game that Memphis could have gotten run off the floor, and we would understand because John Morant didn't play. But... Memphis held its own. They had uh, Desmond Bain really step up and uh, hit a lot of big shots in that game. 
And, you know, ultimately they were able to hold off Brooklyn, win the game. And uh, for Memphis, you know, they're a young team, yes. But I think through this year, they have 51 wins. And, you know, they've done a lot of growing up this year. Yes, they still have some issues for me. Uh, One being, I wonder about their perimeter shooting come playoffs, but with Morant's ability to get to the rim, you have uh, Jaron Jackson around the hoop. He can also stretch to the three-point line. And, you know, going up against bigs like uh, Gobert or Jokic, Carl Anthony Towns, you know, guys like that, that's pulling those guys away from the rim. That just opens it up for Morant to get to the hoop or Melton, you know, guys like that. So uh, I guess for me, X Factor for Memphis, I think it's going to be Jaron Jackson. Like I just said, his ability to play around the rim and on the perimeter, that's going to be key for them. Like I said, certain matchups. Like if they play at Golden State, Jaron Jackson can feast down low because Golden State's a small team. Against the Phoenix, he can pull Aiton away from the basket. Same thing, like I said, Utah, Gobert. Uh, Dallas, he can play around the rim a little bit more. Denver with Jokic, pull him out. So Jaron Jackson's going to be the key for Memphis. Um because, yes, John Morant's the lead guy, but Jaron Jackson's going to have to be the second best player for Memphis each and every game for them to make some noise in the playoffs. Uh, three. I mean, it's tough here because outside of Phoenix and then Memphis, the next group in the West, it's all kind of jumbled together. Um I'll go Utah three, even though Utah is a you know a little bit too Donovan Mitchell centric for me for me to think that they could actually win a title. But you know Utah has their system in place. Yes, Donovan Mitchell, you know, runs the show there. He's the most important offensive player. Um. Gobert is their defensive anchor and in most cases because the game against Boston Gobert was you know rendered almost useless but for the most part Gobert is a big part of their um, game plan defensively rim protecting and then offensively he creates so many second shot opportunities and that's where Utah really kills you and you know defensively they play great defense and they have a top score in the league so you gotta give them a chance uh for utah i think their x factor is probably a guy like uh let's say royce o'neal yeah let's go with royce o'neal uh he's the guy who like i do like on utah because you know, he can stretch the floor, hit an open three. 
Uh, he also has a slashing ability, so he'll cut off the ball, get to the hoop. Uh, defensively, he takes on other teams' talented wing players, and he can hold his own. And against some guys, he can shut them down for stretches. And that's going to be the biggest thing with Utah because the West is kind of dominated by wing players. Like I said, Phoenix, Devin Booker, Memphis. I mean, John Morant's a lead guard, but uh, he's the guy that O'Neal you could see guarding. Um, Oh, they do have Conley as well, but I'll go with O'Neal as their X factor. I think for Utah, it's going to be, can they hit enough shots from the perimeter to beat some of these teams in the West? I think that's going to be their biggest issue. I kind of know what I'll get for them defensively, but some nights offensively, it turns into Donovan Mitchell bail us out, and I don't know if that's going to work over the case of a playoff run. Uh, It's four... I'll go Golden State. Um, We all know what the shortcomings are for Golden State. And yes, I meant to say that because they're a short team. They don't really run a big out there. I was hoping Wiseman would come back, give them some presence down low. But he's been ruled out this year. So they're basically going to go with their small ball lineup. I'm just worried how that's going to work against some of these teams in the West. And because of that, as dynamic as Golden State is offensively with Curry, Thompson, Draymond Green facilitating all of that, Jordan Poole, um, Bielitsa, you know, defensively is just going to be a problem especially against bigger teams. And I also wouldn't be shocked, depending on who Golden State goes against in the first round, if they were on upset alert. Once again, as great as they are offensively, I have questions about them defensively. And it was even worse when Traymond was out. Now that he's back, hopefully he can get that, you know, defensive energy up. And I'd feel a little bit better about them because they are one of the top defensive teams in the league. And that's, you know, I was with Green and all that because they have to kind of rely on athleticism. And even though they won't challenge you at the rim vertically, where Golden State gets you is, you know, sliding in when drivers get into the hoop to take charges. That's their biggest weapon. And. You know, with their play recently where they really struggled defensively, if that continues, they have no shot in the playoffs. But if they can regain their early season form, I would give them a chance against some teams in the West. Uh, I mean, outside of that, you have Dallas. I don't know. I mean, Luka's great. Big fan of Luka. I would put them as a title contender. It's just that, you know, their number two guy is Spencer Dinwiddie, who I also like. 
but he can be inconsistent from the perimeter, and Dallas can't really overcome that, so I don't see that happening. Denver, I know, I mean, we all know Jokic is great, is in the MVP conversation again, but no Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., I don't, I don't know what's I don't know what to think about that right now. You know, with those two being out, I don't see Denver having enough to get it done because right now you're looking at Aaron Gordon as the guy who needs to step up. I don't, I'm not safe in relying on that. And DeMarcus Cousins, look, I understand what DeMarcus Cousins was a few years ago before the knee injuries, but... I watched them against that Celtics team, and he is in cement on defense, and I think teams will just target him when he's given minutes on the floor. So I think Jokic is going to have to do way too much there, so I don't see that happening. In terms of the play-in teams, I'm not really threatened by any of them other than Minnesota, but I think Minnesota's probably a year away. So yeah, that's those are the legit contenders in the West. And so just to recap for you, in the East, it's Miami. I guess I put them in the order I had them. Uh, Milwaukee, one. Miami, two. Boston, three. Brooklyn, four. Philly, five. Out West, Phoenix, one. Memphis, two. Utah, three. Golden State, four. So I got nine teams that I could see winning the title but like I said beginning of the episode you let me know what you think um enjoy the last two weeks because the races well the race in the east is gonna be fascinating to watch to see where the teams line up and uh the west is kind of figured out but Minnesota's a team to watch to see if they can get out of the playing tournament they're only a half game behind Denver and I think that would be a big deal for that young group there. But, um, but yeah. Um, let me know what you think of my list. You think I have too many teams on it? Not enough. I mean, I have nine teams. That's, I think that's a good sample size. But if you think I'm missing a team, go ahead and let me know. Uh, speaking of, I did talk about Jokic as an MVP contender. I will do an episode here soon about my MVP. MVP contenders as we get to the end of the year and I think that's going to be a fascinating race as well because it might actually be a deep race although the actual contenders to win MVP may not be such a long list if that makes sense but I'll explain it a little bit better on that episode so thank you for tuning in hopefully you enjoyed the episode if you did you know what to do hit the like button you know subscribe Go over to Twitter, follow me there at Chomping Podcast. Uh, you can follow the show page, Chomping the Bit, on Facebook and share it with somebody else. You know, let's try to continue to grow the community and would really appreciate it. So, thanks again. Uh, as I always say, be safe out there. Have a great day. God bless. And I'll catch you next episode. All right, I'm out. How powerful is Cox Internet? 
So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply.